Well, there is a lot of truth in that it's cheaper to keep her. It's true. Very true. Right? And sometimes I feel like even if you wanted to break up with me, you couldn't afford to. <laughs> <laughs> like you, you wouldn't be able to afford two ex-wives. Bad joke? Early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, it's Jamie Scrimger. When I became a stepmom, I quickly realized that while moms are encouraged to keep it real, there's a big double standard when it comes to stepmoms. So I decided to start the conversation myself. Thriving as a stepmom doesn't just come from conversations about being a stepmom, though. Here we dive into marriage, relationships, personal growth, and more. My mission? Inspire you to live a kick-ass life while bringing you along as I create my own. This is the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. Hello, hello. Welcome to the Kick-Ass Stepmom Podcast. We have our favorite guest back. Hi, Darren. Hi, I didn't know I was the favorite. You're, you're a pretty big favorite. You get a lot of guests. I thought I would be down maybe in the top three. Well, I think people like hearing from guests, but I think just hearing about the real life feelings and situations behind the scene, I think people crave that stuff. So with that comes you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. All right. So let's just say happy anniversary. We are 10 years. We're 10 years in a few days at this point. Happy anniversary. I can't believe we made it. I truly can. Like there is part of me that was like, I can't believe we're still married. Like it's <laughs> hard. There was times where it was so hard and there's so many times where we could have given up, but we didn't. Like I'm really freaking proud that we're married for 10 years. Like we stuck it out. We stuck it out <laughs> and we worked through it all. So today in this episode, we are going to go through just some questions you guys submitted and some ones that we came up on our own, just reflecting on the last 10 years, what we've learned, where we would have maybe done things differently. Yeah. Just a 10 year reflection podcast. Cause I do really feel like when you are in a step family or a second marriage, when there's kids involved, I've read several times that the divorce rate is over 70%, which like that doesn't surprise me one bit. So I think making 10 years is like making 20 years or 30 years in a <laughs> first family. So congratulations to us. Well, congratulations. And I just read in the Globe and Mail over the weekend, actually, the divorce rate is going down for people over 35. They're saying it's only 26% now. Only 26? Yeah. Yeah. It was in the Globe and Mail. Do you think that's because no one can afford to get divorced? I don't know. Like the cost I, either of that living. or... Maybe people are delaying getting married or, you know, maybe a lot of people over 34 are second marriages and they don't want to go through it again. <laughs> and a lot of people aren't getting married too. There's a lot of people who are just That's choosing true. not to. So there's those that aren't married that maybe separate. So yeah, the stack could be a little skewed. I didn't read the whole article. It was more a headline. Well, there is a lot of truth in that it's cheaper to keep her. It's true. Very true. Right. And sometimes I feel like even if you wanted to break up with me, you couldn't afford to. <laughs> like you, you wouldn't be able to afford two ex-wives. Bad joke? Early in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's dive in. Okay. First, our biggest accomplishments. What do you think our biggest accomplishments are from the last 10 years? I think that we made it as a freaking accomplishment. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's lots of times where it would have been easy to throw in the towel. I think our biggest accomplishment would be that we made it. We had an ours baby. The kids seem to be... They've gotten through it okay. They seem to be okay. You know, certainly we had lots of worries at times, but they all seem to be doing okay. Like from your divorce? Yeah. It's a big change in their life. And then you came along and it was another change. And now I think they're all doing okay. I mean, we had our struggles here and there and you were really good with the kids and we're still not through it. Reese is only nine, but the other kids are getting older and they seem to be doing okay. Mm -hmm. 
Do you feel like okay or like more than okay? I feel like great. They're, doing they're doing great. great. <laughs> they're doing great. That's what I mean. That's yeah. what I mean. They're doing great because you worry because we were so busy. We had so much going on. We had conflict with the ex at times. We had just our schedules. Mm-hmm. It was busy. And we're getting sort of to the back nine, if so speak, of it. We've yeah. got one in university now and one apprenticing and one still in high school. So I think that is our biggest accomplishment is that. The kids are good. Kids are great. Yeah, the kids are good. And we made it. We didn't get divorced. I think that's actually, honestly, <laughs> I think for I any say, family, that's, that's good. I literally woke up on the day of our anniversary. I was like, holy shit. Like, I cannot believe we're still married. And I came from divorced parents and I think a lot of dysfunction. And so I think there was part of me that always felt like our relationship was too good to be true. And I was waiting for the other shoe to drop, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, I just thought I would... I don't know, screw it up somehow or I don't know. Anyway, we're freaking married for 10 years. So I'm proud of that. Okay. So where do you think my biggest growth has been in the last 10 years? I think your biggest growth is your career really grew. Well, I took the struggles and created a platform. Yeah. But when we first got together, you were with Children's Aid and you've really grown as far as career and being able to mentor people and coach people and help a lot of people. And that's what you wanted to do with children's aid. So I think you've had a huge amount of development there and spreading that even wider than you ever imagined. The other thing, I think your self-development too, you've done a lot of developed. Well, you've done a lot of work. You've done a lot of courses. You've taken a lot of challenges. You've dug deep into your own past. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's helped our marriage? Yes, I think so. Just treading lightly on how to (laughs) but You used to talk about that. You didn't think that we would make it at times, you know, because mm-hmm. you were just happened with your parents. You're just, you know, ready for that shoot a drop or self sabotage our relationship. Mm-hmm. I, think I, people, I think people do that sometimes. They self sabotage their own relationship because they just don't believe it's going to work anyway. So, yeah, I really think I didn't realize how much trauma and crap I had from my childhood until I came into this relationship and little things would show up for me. You know, I thought. I had healed. I thought I had moved forward. I thought it was fine. And then I think when you become a parent yourself, or especially when you become a, you know, a step parent, it's like everything just is in your face and you have to deal with it. And it was just there. So I feel like at the very beginning, a lot of my triggers and a lot of my insecurities about being a stepmom actually came from the messages I was told as a child or, you know, my experience as a child. And it just, I don't know, it's all very related. And it got a little heavy. Yeah. Uh, okay. So we can talk about my trauma later. <laughs> oh, um, where do I think your biggest growth has been? I think it's been really nice to see you understand the step family dynamic. And I think that also comes from, like, I talk about it all the time because it's also my work, but you truly understand that our family's not going to function like a first family. You understand how sometimes things are different with, you know, stepkids versus Reese or, you know, you're very understanding of my stepmom experience. And I feel safe telling you when I'm struggling, as opposed to maybe at the beginning, you would take it personally. And I think that was because you wanted things to be a certain way. You didn't want me to feel a certain way. You were worried about the kids. Like there was all these dynamics going on and you had a lot of people that you needed to please. And now I feel like I can share how I'm feeling and you not take it personally and it not be about how I feel about our family as a whole, but I can just be like, okay, this is how I'm experiencing things right now. And you're a safe place to say that to. Whereas I don't know at the beginning if you had the ability to process that, I guess. Yeah, no, I admit that I probably tried to wanted you to come in and be a certain way and 
pick up on the mom's side and it wasn't going to be that way. It was going to be a whole different dynamic and mm-hmm. different traditions. And, you know, I'm very traditional when we do something, I want to keep doing it forever. Whereas you would change things. And I think it took me a bit to adapt to that, but I have, and again, being safe just to suggest stuff that mm-hmm. is going to be different than what I was used to or what the family was used to. Mm-hmm. I think the kids have developed that way too. They're, they're okay. You know, I remember when we would do certain things, they'd want to do it that year and you'd be, well, well maybe we're going to change it up. Mm-hmm. And they were very flexible they in were that too. Too. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think flexibility is a key word. You just have to be flexible. Mm-hmm. And maybe at first, not that I wasn't flexible. I, there were things I wanted to do for you to make your life better and your experience with the family better. But there'd be certain things where I was just, nope, it's written in stone here and we're not going to change it. And now I'm not like that. And I'm like, okay, well, maybe we could do that instead of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, going back to what you just said on how I thought you were going to come in and just kind of be the mom of the house and just kind of be slotted into that role. I also think I did that too, right? I went right in and was doing all the things for the kids and showing up as a mom and showing up and doing, you know, everything which needed to happen. Like I wouldn't change that. But I think as things got more complicated and as we got into it, we realized, oh, okay, it's not going to function exactly like a first family and we need to be okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think our toughest season was? I think it was at the beginning when we were together and we were married and you were still commuting and you would have a long day and you weren't used to, and we've touched on this in other podcasts, you just weren't used to kids and the busyness and the mess. And then I would kind of have to tiptoe around when you'd come home and I'd find that we could get in a fight so easy if you'd walked in the door and something wasn't the way you wanted it or I had let something go. And I think we were, again, very busy at that time. There was lots of sports. There was lots of activities. Mm -hmm. And I think that was a challenge earlier on. We could spiral very quickly if something little was off. Mm -hmm. I think anyways, I found we we don't argue or, or fight nearly as much as we did during those periods. Yeah, we definitely fought a lot at the very beginning. There was no honeymoon phase, that's for sure. And I feel like we've come together in our parenting styles a little bit more because I was also coming from children's aid where we were parenting and teaching people to parent by the books, so like structure and routine and consistency and like doing the same thing every single day. And I was like very strict and I thought things should be really strict, but it's really easy to parent out of a book when you don't have kids. And then when you come in and you realize there has to be some flexibility and that kind of stuff. So I was learning how to parent and I was learning that, you know, when you tell a kid something once, it doesn't mean they're going to do it right away. Right. The kids need to be told the same thing. I'm still telling the kids the same thing I was telling them when I first came in. Right. Like, and that's Mm -hmm. parenting. It's constantly reminding and constantly guiding. And I just didn't quite understand how when you tell them something once, it once that it wouldn't be like that time. forever. <laughs> it's not going to be done every time, no. Yeah. That was our hardest, I think, was it could just be one little thing. And and I think also now you're more comfortable dealing with things because it used to be I would come home and you, you could hardly wait to get me aside to tell me what you were upset about. Mm-hmm. And I'd have had a long day and I'm like, okay, I'll deal with it. Or, you know, the kids would be upset over something. They'd be, you know, it'd be almost like I had all these people coming at me telling me why they were upset about something. Now you tend to just deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. I think that's also a big thing. That's and that's I do think I'm picking difficult. my battles. Yeah, I think we all do that now. Like I don't say something about everything. I think before I would tell you every single thing that was pissing me off all the time. <laughs> and you know, at that point, and I say this to stepmoms all the time: when you have an issue with everything, 
your issues don't have as much weight, right? So now when I come to you with something, I'm like, no, I'm a hard no on this, or no, this is a big deal for me. You hear it more because I'm not saying something about every little thing. That is true because yeah, you, when you would come at me every night with six different things, then I would, I couldn't prioritize what was important and what wasn't. Mm-hmm. For sure. We have come so far. Okay. Goals for the next five, 10 years. I think some of our goals for the next five, 10 years are to continue to raise the kids and make them better people and good people in They're society. They're going to move out and, at some point though soon, and, right? And then, yeah, kind of look at our, <laughs> <laughs> look at our future as far as becoming empty nesters at some point. I mean, we're still quite a ways away from that, but I think our goals, we were talking about our marriage though, too. I think we oh, really yeah. need to focus on our marriage in the next little while. Like we've been in such a busy season for so long. And then now we have Reese. I think we were better at spending time alone when Reese was younger than we are now mm-hmm. because she's so easy to bring. Mm-hmm. So like, we'll go on a date night and we'll be like, well, we'll just bring Reese and she's fine. And she wants to come and she loves spending time with us. And it's just, I find that we don't prioritize you and I alone time as much as we used to, because maybe we didn't feel like we needed it, but I think we need it. I think we need to really focus on like our relationship outside of the kids. Yeah. We don't just go away for a night like we used to, or go out for dinner as much as we used to. Mm -hmm. I think since COVID's over, we had a lot of time together. It was great. We'd have every evening together and we'd hang out, we'd chat And I think since COVID, we've been so busy back in routine that we've forgotten to carve out, Mm -hmm. like you said, that time alone and even a night or two just on our own. We haven't done that. Yeah, we definitely need to prioritize that. And so, yeah, the next question was, what could we work on in our marriage? And I think that is what we need to work on. Yeah. More time together. We don't don't have alone time. Yeah. We really don't. For sure. Okay. So say there's a new stepmom or new partner and they're just, you know, in the engagement stage or they're just starting out like early newlyweds, what is your advice to them on how to set their marriage up for success? The first thing I would say is you need to be flexible. Everybody needs to be flexible. You can't come in and say, this is the way it's going to be because you have so many more moving parts than a traditional marriage. When you get married and you don't have kids, or maybe you do have kids together, but you get married, you have so many other things going on that you need to be flexible. You need to be able to adapt quickly to change. And I'm thinking more likely the stepmother in your case here, you had to adapt. I was used to the busyness. I was used to the kids. I was used to the routine that they had. And I think you have to be able to adapt fairly quickly. So I would say that. And I also say you should know what you're getting yourself into as well. When we were dating, we would carve tons of time to be alone you know, we'd go away for a week. When I didn't have the kids, we would always be alone. So you had all that alone time. Once you get engaged and you get married, you have to realize your alone time is less. Mm -hmm. You have these little people. All the time. That are part of you. And even if it's the back and forth with their mother, it just still didn't seem like we had as much alone time. Mm -hmm. We'd be kind of catching up then from the week with the kids or getting ready for the next week. And you don't carve out that alone time. So I think that's important. Those would be sort of my top three. Yeah, for sure. And I think my big thing is to not feel guilty for how you're feeling. I know a lot of stepmoms struggle. They're feeling guilty for maybe preferring alone time without the kids and struggling with their relationship or feeling like they should feel a different way about things. I think we need to be really honest about this is a process you know, you're a human being, the experiences that you're feeling, they are normal human being emotions. And just be kind to yourself on that. Cause I know so many stepmoms feel bad for how they're feeling. 
And I think you can't move past that until you really process how you're feeling and why you're feeling that way. Because it is a huge transition. And I think going back, me, I didn't even allow myself to have those feelings because I was trying to be that perfect stepmom and, you know, show up the way that you wanted me to show up and, you know, be there for the kids that I didn't allow it to process. And then all of a sudden, when we got in, it literally hit me, right? We got into the depths of parenting. It all kind of came back on me. So I really needed to just like allow myself to experience the experiences instead of pushing them through or pushing them away, I guess. Make sense? Yeah, totally. I have been obsessed with mocktails lately and I have a new one that I want to share with you. It is super refreshing. It's called the grapefruit mint refresher. Here's the recipe. Half a cup of water, a cup of ice, two sprigs of mint, and a half stick pack of element grapefruit salt. You know I'm a huge lover of Element, which is a tasty electrolyte drink with everything you need and nothing you don't. That means lots of salt with no sugar, artificial ingredients, coloring, etc. Formulated to help anyone with their electrolyte needs and perfectly suited to folks following a keto, low-carb, or paleo diet, from professional athletes to everyday moms, it's for everyone. Now, not only am I drinking Element before and after workouts, when I need to rehydrate, when I'm traveling, and after some wine, I now use it to make my mocktails and cocktails. Seriously, throw in some lime salt with some soda, tequila, lime, and mint, and it is also extremely delicious. 100 milligrams of sodium, 200 milligrams of potassium, and 60 milligrams of magnesium. Staying hydrated is crucial and a huge priority of mine. Proper hydration isn't just about drinking water, though. It means having adequate water and electrolytes. When you purchase Element from www.jamiescrimger.com forward slash kickassstepmom, Element is giving my listeners a free sample pack so that you can try all the flavors and pick your faves. That's www.drinklmnt.com forward slash kickassstepmom to get a free sample pack with your purchase. For a while there, Darren and I were out of sync. From our calendars to communication to what was going on in each other's lives, there was just so much going on that date night and connecting with each other fell off the list. And when we did have one-on-one time, Reese was with us. Surprise, surprise. It was just such a challenging time. And I know that you guys know when your relationship isn't solid, the extra stressors that come with step family life don't always feel worth it. So keeping your relationship on track is very important. Insert Coupla. So Coupla is a relationship app created for couples by a couple. It has helped thousands of couples connect using a shared calendar, to-dos, and reminders to spend more quality time together and connect on a deeper level. The calendar feature allows couples to easily manage each other's work and home schedules while also incorporating various family calendars into one convenient location. The calendar allows couples to prioritize date nights and quality time with each other and navigate through calendar conflicts and scheduling challenges that arise from juggling work, kids, exes, and more. Now, one of the big challenges that stepmoms have is that they aren't always in the loop about schedule changes with the kids. I don't know about you, but this used to drive me crazy. Coupla can help with this. When your partner adds a new schedule to the calendar, you will automatically be in the loop. You can also keep date nights on track with the date planner. 
As we all know, a regular dedicated time with your partner is one of the best things you can do for your relationship. But with work and friends and children and all the things demanding your attention, it can be hard to carve out that time to be together. So you can plan dates easily, get reminded about your upcoming dates, and keep your date nights on track. Coupla also has the only task manager and to-do list specifically designed for couples. Beyond simply managing groceries, couples utilize these lists to organize everything from planning their next vacation to managing a home renovation to curating exciting date nights ideas and keeping track of gift ideas. Coupla is offering a 50% discount off an annual subscription for my listeners for the first year. All you have to do is enter Jamie when you check out. You can get the link via my show notes, or you can also download Coupla from the app store. And after onboarding on the subscription page, you can click redeem offer and enter the code Jamie to get your discount. All right. So we have some questions from listeners. I just asked on Instagram last night. So does the drama with the ex ever get easier even after 10 years? I'd say it does. It's less. Yeah, for sure. But I also feel like you get better at dealing with it, right? And, you know, we didn't have a lot of drama. Well, I guess it depends on your definition of drama, just conflict, I guess. But you also get better at dealing with it as well. Yeah, I would say it definitely gets less or you don't buy into it as much. I mean, we probably have some of the same conflicts we've always had, but you don't always jump in with both feet and, you know, you sometimes walk away or... Mm-hmm. Yeah, it doesn't seem as bad, to be honest. It doesn't seem as bad. It seems the last year. Now, that could be the place she's in. It could be, the I don't know. There could be a lot of factors that it could change. But it seems to have gotten better every year for the last sort of two, three years. Yeah. And I think if you're in the depths of drama with the ex, you can say to yourself, okay, how are we reacting or responding to this that is allowing this to continue too, right? Because sometimes we are like, oh, the ex is causing so much drama or the ex is doing this, you have to stop and ask yourself, okay, how are we responding to this? Are we responding? Because you don't actually have to respond to every argument you're invited to. Like that's a very good quote. What's the other one is sometimes peace is better than being right. So really learning to pick your battles and just get clear on what you will and will not engage with, that will help. Yeah. And I also think it helps when the kids get older and there's less to do with each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we're not trying to coordinate schedules like we did with some of the older kids. The financial and it comes to an end as well. So there's not that constant argument. So I think as time goes on and the kids get older, that naturally helps with any kind of drama or conflict. Mm-hmm. Next question. Are there any fights that you can recall that seemed like a big deal at the time, but now seem silly? Yeah, probably everyone. Lots of them. Every single fight, <laughs> right? Yeah. I, I can't think of one we specific, used to get some specifically off hand, but again, it would often have to be with you coming to me, something the kids did, and then I'd be, okay, is that that big of a deal? Or, you know, it would spiral into mm-hmm. me feeling like personal, you didn't respect me yeah, and I don't have a role in this family. And, yeah. and then we would be fine that night. We'd end up hugging and cuddling. And I'm like, we just wasted four hours of our night arguing over something that being pissed really wasn't that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. I do feel like looking back, you brought in your fighting style or argument style or dealing with the ex style into our marriage. Because I remember you saying to me, I always felt like it was better to ask for forgiveness than permission. So you maybe wouldn't communicate about things as much as I wanted you and I deserved, but that was just kind of how you guys had done things. And so you brought that style into our marriage. And then on the flip side, 
I was dealing with my insecurities and my abandonment situation and just having all of these kind of stories I was telling myself. So when you wouldn't communicate with me, I thought you were leaving me, right? I thought I wasn't a priority or I wasn't. So we both had our baggage from the past that came into how we fought in our present day situation. And I think once we realized that we were both doing that, it helped. Yeah, actually, right. I think that's a big thing because yeah, there would be things where I would just, okay, I've got to tell her about this, but you thought I'd be pissed. I don't want to have a huge fight tonight because we're having a great night. I'll wait. I'll push it. And it's because that's what would happen in the past. But I wouldn't I, have been pissed. But you wouldn't have, that kind of thing wouldn't have bothered you. And I had to learn just tell you, you know, just say, yes, this is what's going on. And you'd be like, okay, that's fine. Thank you for telling me. It would be more your answer than mm-hmm. just, you know. You spent more time avoiding it than it took to tell me. And then yeah, it was easier. But again, you come from a previous relationship where that might have been a big argument and a, mm-hmm. you know standoff for a while, which I just was was tired of. So Mm -hmm. does it get easier? We are married two years together, five and BM. So that's birth mom seems to be worse and struggling. I think there's a lot of situations where it doesn't get easier and that person never heals or never moves forward. But I do going back to what I was saying, you guys need to do the work on your marriage and on yourself to get better at dealing with that. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's the two of you against the world. So what kind of boundaries can you set up? How can you deal with things differently? How can you shut things down? Because, you know, even though for us, I do feel like it did get easier. I think a lot of that has to do with the way we changed how we were reacting and showing up. Yeah, that's true. You know, when you say um, BM is not doing as well, that goes in cycles. We found that too, where BM is doing great and it's fine for a while and then it would go back the other way. So that can change, but it just remember, it's going to be a cycle. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to be great and it's for perpetuity and then it isn't. And that's what we had to learn is not set expectations that when things are better, they're going to remain better. We know that it's, it could get bad again. And I realize that right now there will be something down the road, but you know, right now it has been better the last little while. Mm -hmm. I think there's so much power in the whole, the way people treat you is more about them than it is about you. And often when people are lashing out or they're struggling or they're you know, causing, you know, quote unquote drama, they're struggling in their own life. There's something that's coming up for them. And the same goes for us though, too. Right. So we really have to check ourselves and say, you know, is this about me? Like, is this something that I'm going through? Like, why am I reacting this way too? So I think just kind of being cognizant of that is powerful. Yeah. But then there are things that, you know, we couldn't control financial things in that, that, it used to bother me. You know, it wasn't about I was having a bad day or about me. I did not like the financial situation that it was putting us in at times mm-hmm. when we couldn't come to agreements on things. So, But I would say the way you dealt with that had to do with where you're at. There's times where that didn't really get to you. And there was times where it really did get to you, right? Like mm-hmm. there's so many things we can't control, but we can control ourselves. Yes. Yes. How do you guys do financials? Is it together or separate? I'd say we're together. We're all together. Yeah. Yeah, we, we didn't at first, but then, you know, you were doing a lot of roles with the household. I had like $6 in my bank. <laughs> well, you were just covering certain costs and different things. And then we just decided to move our bank account together because there were bills coming out that you were covering stuff that I was covering. And then, yeah, we just have now done everything together. Yeah, we've done everything together. Yeah. But that didn't happen overnight. That was a transition over time. No. And I do think there's something here. So you make more than me period. Right. And so you have more costs than me. I do feel like maybe if we did everything together and I was making more than you, and I felt like I was paying for more of the kids than you, I think, did you get what I mean? There's a little bit of a difference there. So I think it doesn't work for everyone. I think you have to decide how you're going to deal with financials for 
your unique situation and how you feel comfortable with your finances. You're also in finance. So like, I feel very confident having you just like run that stuff. So that works for us as well. How often do you make time for just the two of you? Yeah, we've kind of touched on this, but not as often as we should. We used to do it quite a bit, but we have been neglecting that. I think the last year or two, mm-hmm. at least the last year for sure. But we used to be regular carve out time alone. And we just, we've been so busy. It seems like mm-hmm. there's just stuff every weekend, every night. So we've actually made that one of our goals. Mm-hmm. What is something you wish you would have handled differently in the past? I think some of our fights earlier on, we would both just be so stuck on our point trying to get it through. I think sometimes just for me, just to nod and be like, okay, I do agree with that, but I'm not in the place right now mm-hmm. to sit down and say, oh, you're right. This is, yeah, let's absolutely do that. Let's just like, I agree with you. But you know, I think we used to just sort of pound away at our own side of the argument and we don't do that as much now. One of us will usually say, okay, well, you're right. Or I agree with you or no, I'm not going to agree with you, but let's drop it. Mm-hmm. And we I think we've understanding each other's perspectives. Like we don't necessarily agree on everything, but we respect that the other person is experiencing it that way. Mm-hmm. I like that we can do that now. Something I wish I would have handled differently. I feel like I got involved in some of your conflict with the ex at the very beginning. Like I felt like it was my job to come in and fix everything or share my thoughts. Like there were some things that I had said to her at the beginning that I was like, God, I can't believe I had the balls to even say that to someone. (laughs) Right. Like I really got into it with her from time to time. I regret doing that because I do think that I really should have stayed out of it and been a support behind the scenes. But then again, sometimes it worked, right? Sometimes I was able to minimize the conflict, but I do feel like that's impacted our ability to have a... But you were brought in sometimes to our conflict. I'll give you credit that sometimes when you got involved, sometimes you would take it upon yourself and get involved, but... Sometimes I just felt like I needed to write an email. There there were times when you would get pulled in because you were involved with things with the kids and doing things and helping me out. And you felt you had to say something because maybe I wasn't saying it the proper way. Mm -hmm. And you would need to bring a perspective that, hey, this is what's going on and you need to be aware of this. Mm -hmm. And Darren's maybe not saying it in the right way, but yeah. you know, for our unit, I need to say something. Yeah. But sometimes you would come in when you probably didn't need Guns to. Guns blazing. <laughs> this little 26 year old, can you, oh my gosh, I can imagine I can put myself in her shoes. Like this little 26 year old comes in is now with her kids half the time and is now telling, well, God, I, she dealt with it well, I will say. Did Darren need to reset boundaries with the ex when you and he got together? Yes. Oh, for sure. What did you need to change? Well, I remember there were times when we'd go out for dinner just with the kids after a sporting event. Oh, yeah. That was not Things like that. Anymore. So we had to reset that. I also had to restructure because I was, again, I was so busy with work. I was getting help. And I think you stepped in and took a lot of that. So I didn't need her to do some of the things that I was wanting her to do that we were arguing over. I'd be saying, you know, I can't do this. Can you help me? And, you know, then you came in. So. Yeah, we certainly had to change mm-hmm. boundaries. And, and she was coming in the house. Yeah, she would still feel she could come in the house. Or That was a yeah. no. I didn't actually have to say that. You're the one who said that. Yeah, I said it. Yeah. yeah. There's also, do you know, there's situations in the stepmoms like, yeah, the ex still comes into the house, like as if nothing's wrong with that or it's not like impeding on my space. And the husband or the partner doesn't want to say anything. I was never like that. I, yeah, you needed you were, to say something. I said, you know, you can't just... Something does need to change. When a new relationship comes in, there does need to be a shift and things can't continue on the way that they have been unless everyone is totally comfortable with it. That would be what I would say on that. 
What is the biggest lesson you've learned about marriage in the last 10 years? My biggest lesson would be really putting myself into your shoes at times when I would be upset because I'm like, why is she getting so mad over this? And then I'd realize, okay, I have to go back through your experience, where you're at with this, what was new to you, what wasn't new to you, and really just turn the lens around and look at what I was doing and what your vision of it was. And I think that's the biggest thing that I've learned to do is not just think of it from my side, be like, okay, yes, this is what she's done and her experiences. And I think I'm better at that now, not immediately at times, but afterwards I'll think about it and be, okay, yeah, I can see her side of it. When we get in a fight, you typically need like 24 hours to see my side. I feel like I need, yeah, I need some time to, <laughs> because I don't always expect the fight or I don't always expect that this is, you know, and then I have to go back and be, okay, okay, I see her, her side to this. Whereas at the time, I might be, it's not that big of a deal or why is this being made such a big deal? Or, you know, I feel like you want this for that reason and it's, it's not really mm-hmm. the right reason. Yeah. I would say the biggest thing I've learned about marriage is it's freaking hard. Like marriage is hard. It's not all bliss. It is literally something you commit to and recommit to every single day, I think. Right? There's so many times where we could have called it mm-hmm. and walked away and had good reason to. Mm-hmm. Like not a ridiculous reason to split. But you have to commit and recommit. Every day is in all hearts and sparkles. And it's not all like Instagram reels and montages and all the things. And I know sometimes people think that our marriage is perfect because of I do really like to do those Instagram reels, but you know, you got to live for those highlight moments because in between those, it can be hard and irritating and challenging. And I think too, you have to respect everybody has to balance a lot of things. Not everybody. We both have great friends. We both have extracurricular things that we like to do. But we love our time together and it's managing all those things. We both work. We both work long hours. We've got the kids. So it's a real juggling act in our marriage. And I think that's important to respect that. And also sometimes there's difficulties with that. Mm-hmm. I like to go off with my buddies every once in a while and mm, do different not things. Not every once in a while. No, <laughs> and and um, I've been like that for 20 years. It's hard to change that, but I like that. But sometimes it's not the most convenient thing when we've got a lot of stuff going on. So... I think we're really good now at helping each other juggle all of the different things we want. You have things that you like to go and do that you just need time on your own or, Mm -hmm. you know, work things, development things. Yeah. I think that's really important. I agree. And I think we're really getting good at understanding that we're our own people Mm -hmm. and accepting that about like, this is who you are and this is what you like. This is what you prioritize. This is what you value. I can't control you. Spent a long time trying to control you. Did not work. (laughs) It just actually backfired. And the same goes for me, right? Like, you know, there's things that you maybe wanted me to like more, prioritize more or care about more, but I'm my own person Mm -hmm. and I come with my own wants and needs. I like to go to bed early. I'm a little more introverted than you. And at the beginning, I think we struggled trying to like find that groove, Mm -hmm. but now we're like, no, we respect the other person for who they are. One thing I want to say though, is your mom told me one time I was really pissed at you and I don't even know what we're talking about. She said, you know... If you were to divorce them, you're really just changing one set of problems for another. <laughs> I was like, I'm not going to divorce them, Jackie. But we were laughing about that. But it's really true, right? Like you have to choose your hard. And in these situations, like this is a hard that I choose. And the other thing I want to say is everything does come in seasons. There's a lot of really tough seasons, but it does pass. You just have to ride it out. So making 
a permanent decision on a temporary emotion. I believe that's like a quote card floating around Instagram. Mm -hmm. It's really important to just like make sure things cool down and then make those decisions because you don't want to make a heated decision. No, no. Cause you, you know, you regret I, it. And I'm good at thinking that through too. Do I want this to be a really bad outcome when we're arguing over something very little? Mm -hmm. If I step back from it, it's okay. It's not that big a deal. Yeah, for sure. And I think people can let that stuff spiral. Mm -hmm. Okay. So last question, what are your top tips and advice for those who are newly engaged or starting the blended family? And we did kind of touch on this, but I think some real tangible tips to add to that is get clear on your roles and expectations from the beginning. Like I think that people don't go into blended families with enough planning. Like who's going to do what? How are you going to respond to discipline? Who's going to take care of this? Who's going to take care of that with the kids? Are you comfortable with that? What kind of roles is stepmom going to play and have those conversations and then do a check-in? regularly. How are things going? Because you can think that you're going to do things. You're going to be okay with going on and doing all the things as a stepmom. And then you get to the place. Sometimes you feel really resentful. You feel good enough until you're not, or you feel damned if you do damned, if you don't like, there's a lot of emotions that come with it. So I think being really deliberate and I think you should get into therapy right away. <laughs> I do really feel like that. Can you imagine if we were in therapy right from the very beginning, that would have been helpful, right? To have that space to really talk things through. Mm-hmm. You're like, I'm not, I don't know. <laughs> no, I'm not saying anything about that. Anything else? No, I think we touched on a lot of it here. Just mm -hmm. being flexible, being balanced. Mm -hmm. You need to have a clear understanding of what you're getting into. I mean, we followed our hearts. We fell in love. But I think there were times when it was for you, especially, it was like, whoa, what did I just get myself into? Right. But you can't know what you're getting into until you're into it. Yeah. And that's true too. But it is more challenging, I think, than some people. It's a hell of a lot more challenging. Think. <laughs> yeah. It's a freaking ride. Like this is one of the hardest things I've ever done. Being a stepmom, straight mm -hmm. up. That's why I'm like so grateful we made it to 10 years. Like this wasn't, <laughs> this wasn't easy, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but I love you. Mm -hmm. Stay back. I love you too. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening, guys. If you have any questions or things you want Darren and I to tackle on another episode, send them my way. We love hearing from you. And again, thanks for taking the time, Darren. Appreciate you. Thanks for having me. <laughs> That's it for this one. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you enjoyed this episode and know someone that it would resonate with, do me a favor and send it their way. And if you haven't already, head on over to iTunes and give the show a rating and a review. I am so passionate about opening up the conversation about blended family life and debunking the stigma that comes with being a stepmom. And you sharing this podcast helps me do just that. Now, if you're craving more podcast episodes and interviews, would like to connect with me and get access to workshops like how to disengage the right way, how to improve your relationship with your stepkids, how to talk to your partner about your step family stress without causing a bigger fight and more, you have to check out my membership, the Kick-Ass Stepmom Community. Not only will this community give you access to strategies and tips to improve your step family life, you can connect with me and stepmoms from over 30 countries around the world in our private chat and our live Q and A's. Head to www.kickassstepmom.com to join. <laughs>